This is the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. On this episode, Travis Riley, the Director of Maintenance for Riley Properties, joins us and talks to Mike about how to furnish a home and the process of transforming a long-term rental into a short-term rental. Stay tuned. All right, good evening. It's a cold winter's day here in the fall of Cleveland. And uh, with me is Travis Riley. I'm Mike Riley. And Travis uh, is a key person running uh, our Airbnb operations. And this uh, podcast episode is about what is the ABCs in running an Airbnb business? And is it something that you should do or you shouldn't do? Um, So, uh, Travis, um, you've been involved in the Airbnb uh, setups um, for the last couple years, right? Yeah. Yeah, at least good three three or so years. And um, let's start with the beginning, which is the the decision to take a property that has been rented out for a year and now we're converting it into an Airbnb, which means that uh, instead of dealing with one tenant for one year, you're dealing with maybe upwards of 20 tenants over the course of the year, maybe twice a month. Sometimes you get somebody who goes for a month, extends for a couple weeks. Sometimes you'll get three people in one month. So let's just say over the course of one house, you may be getting 15 to 20 um, new tenants. Um, but the first thing you got to do is you got to set up the house. You got to furnish the house. Right, so what, right. what's your approach to that? Well, uh, you always got to start with a work order and uh, doing this on my Google Sheets I, well, what's a work order for those uh, <laughs> who, <laughs> for these mom and pops out there, is thinking of uh, starting an Airbnb? They're they're already freaking out. Work order? What's that? <laughs> well, I I don't know. It's just I guess a, it's a fancy, plan, right? fancy it's a, word for a plan or a blueprint. Blueprint or I just even a list. I mean, because when you're getting a house ready, it's different than staging it for real estate purposes. You know, for for showings or for pictures, you got to get the house ready for someone to live in. You right. know, and that a lot of people, at least the people that I've worked with, they can forget a lot of little details here and there that are important for someone to truly live there and feel comfortable. Right. So that's where I always start with just generating a list, uh, starting with the bigger items, of course, like the beds. And the furniture in the bedrooms and furniture in the living room and dining room, those are kind of my the key things that I start with and uh, get sizes of the rooms and draw diagrams and start to figure out, okay, what's the right size bed for this room? What kind of orientation do we want to set up the living room? You know, just to make it look nice and be efficient in a way. And so once I kind of start with those key key points, um, then I start kind of going into the budget aspect where... Uh, now, let me go yeah. through there. Like the uh-huh. budget, um, you've done probably at least a dozen homes yeah. furnishing over the last two, three years as we've converted them. And for those out there... Um, 
conventional, let's take a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath house. Um, right. Maybe total square feet of about, you know, 1,600, 1,700, 15 to 1,700 square feet. We're not talking about a mansion. We're talking about your basic three-bedroom house. Um, what, what would be your budget, money budget for that? Usually around 5000 to get it all to get it all from A to Z is usually where we hit our mark. Okay, now you started with the, the big items, um, and it's what is interesting is how this has evolved over these twelve plus houses. You starting out with you've discovered that you know what I'm going to get my beds where right yeah I mean over the years you you refine your process on where you source the items that you need. So, you know, we've worked in the past with depots on buying the mattresses, but now I've switched to Amazon because the mattresses you buy can be the ones that are all kind of prepackaged and rolled up, and that's a lot more easier for my crew to move, to transport, and to get things set up. Okay, so you're going with Amazon on the mattresses. Now, what about like the couches, the the lamps, the end tables, the the dining room table, the kitchen table? Where are you going for that? Well, here in uh, Cleveland, there are two places that I go to: the uh, Habitat Restore. That's the Habitat for Humanity Restore, right? Right, right. Kind of on the west side of Cleveland, and uh, that is where I get my dressers, my end tables, my lamps. Um, Because, I mean, they're not going to be brand new pieces of furniture you'd buy on Wayfair. You'd obviously get them at a much lower cost. But that kind of furniture, you can actually have a good selection of pretty decent furniture there. Right. But for higher, more frequently used or... Things like couches and stuff. I like to go to Cleveland Furniture Bank, which is kind of in the same similar location. They they have a little bit of a nicer quality. They have staff that, you know, go through the couch more thoroughly to clean it and stuff like that. And so. Right. And so uh, for those who don't live in Cleveland, um, they should first get themselves up to speed about where the, uh, the, the resale stores are. There's probably a Habitat for Humanity um, stores um, in their area. There may be, I mean, there's a lot of places where... Yeah, like thrift stores, consignment stores, um, you know, sometimes estate sales, you know, you can really be uh, resourceful as to yeah, where Yeah, but here's, here's the tricky stuff. part because you want to be able, you're not going to want to spend three months getting this you know, furnished. You got to turn this around. If you make the decision to um, uh, furnish the house, your window is probably two weeks to turn this around. Well, I've had cases where it's been one day, twenty-four hours to get it set up, to a week, to you know, it's we we make it work here sometimes where yeah, we but, gotta but having doing this over and over again, knowing where your supply stores are, that's that's important. So yeah. So you're at you're going to the habitat um and the thrift store 
you know, in Cleveland, you've Amazon. Um, so keep going. Where, what are, what are the, your other uh, sources? Well, uh, the, the other thing I guess that I just thought of too, when you were saying that is, um, over the years as well, I've learned that some kind of furniture is more important than others in a way like beds are probably the most important because they'll sleep on them. So you want to you want to invest a little more money on the bed size. You don't want to go to some place down the street for a mattress that's, and that's been used. And that's very and, important with the whole rise of bed bugs. And But for like for end tables, you don't need to spend $100 on a, a fancy end table. I mean, you can get one for like 10 You can 10 get bucks. one for 10 bucks at Habitat and it still might be just as nice and maybe even a little more interesting. But you, you kind of, as you do this more, you realize, okay, what are the big pieces of, what are the furniture that you need to invest a little bit more for, for, uh, practicality sakes versus, you know, what can you kind of get on the cheap, right? But not sacrifice quality. Now, one of the things that you've discovered has been these, um, mattress covers and chair covers, uh, right. So you're getting the mattress, but you want to make sure that that mattress is, that's one of the key components on a furnished house. Um, yeah. You discovered the whole importance of those mattress covers. Yeah, I mean, we've, we're trying to not buy another brand new mattress or another brand new couch. You know, you can, in a way, in the long term, you can spend a little bit more on a chair cover or an armchair cover or a mattress protector, but you'll get a lot more out of it and in case some some person rents it and they spill something, you know, that's well, we've had people, more of a you know, one of the insurance. clients that we've had coming in a lot is people coming in on medical. Um, you know, they're here at the clinic for two, three weeks for a month. Right. And, you know, we just had one person who had uh, the blood spill. So, Oof. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just heard about that last week. Yeah. A uh, little bleeding on the mattress. So having a mattress protector... Very important. Saves you a lot of money. Right, exactly. Now, obviously, it's in their security deposit, but, you know, they're going through enough, you know, dealing with the health problem. You don't want to be whacking them, you know, on their security. So, um, okay, so we've got the beds, we've got the bed covers, we've got the the lamps, the end tables. Now you get into the whole kitchenware. And, and bathroomware. Bathroomware. Yeah. Where do you go for that? Uh, I go to Walmart. Um but I also sometimes just go to the dollar stores. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's that whole process of, okay, what do you have to spend a little more money on versus what can you kind of get away with on right. the cheap? Right. And so that's where I've discovered Dollar Tree where things are literally $1. You can buy pretty decent looking cups and plates and – Right. I mean, that's literally $1, and if you buy the same set at Walmart, it's so much more. So, And this is something we probably should have talked about at the, at the beginning, but maybe it's a good segue here. When you're furnishing a house, let's say it's a three-bedroom, uh, you know, nice middle-class neighborhood. You know, we're in Cleveland Heights. Um, you've got different neighborhoods, different price points. Uh, you've got Shaker Heights. We've got a couple properties there. We've got a really nice duplex, a first floor, second floor. Uh, they're each two bedrooms. Um, and then we have a couple properties um, 
you know, that are more, there's a lot of du- duplexes there. And so when you're looking at the house, you've got to determine, well, who is the type of person that's going to rent from that? Right. Okay. Who yeah. do we want our customers to right. be? Right. Now, in, in some of the Cleveland Heights areas and three-bedroom and um, and in Shaker, you know, the nicer three, four-bedroom homes, we're getting nicer stuff, right? But then we have a whole client list of people that are construction workers. Um, because one of the fascinating things about Airbnb is you're getting a lot of different people, all walks of life, who are looking for a house versus staying in a hotel. So you may have construction, a house that's geared for construction workers. I mean, we have a couple film crews that are renting from us now uh, for a movie shoot. And, you know, these are the guys, the people that do the lighting, the the cooking, you know, stuff like We're not talking movie stars here. Yeah, they just need a place to crash. But a nice, a nice, again, the beds are the key because the beds have to be nice, comfortable, you know, things got to look clean. Um, we're not putting a ca- uh, card table up in the dining room. But then again, we're not, you know, we're not charging as much as we would charge for a house in Shaker or four bedrooms, which is a little more professional. Well, and but still, it all goes back to the point where you have to be strategic on where you invest your money in the pieces of furniture or furnishings that you buy. Because, correct, like we like you're saying, Mike, where at our nicer shaker homes, I would invest in a nicer couch. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean you still can get, you know, you can still get cooking utensils at the dollar store for the shaker place. Exactly. They won't They won't notice. You don't need, like, well, crystal not, stemware for that place, too. So exactly. you really slowly, over the years, refine, okay, what can you get away with price-wise without sacrificing quality? Right, and we want something that's going to be nice. We obviously want a good, you want a good review in uh, Airbnb. You're gunning to be a super host and all that. But... You know, one of the things I've noticed with some of our clients that we we manage their property and we stage their property for, like we have a a property that just came up that's on on the lake, um, and the the client lives in Hawaii, and uh, they come back in the summer, but you know they don't want to sell the house; they want to rent the house out. It's an income producing; it's a beautiful house, but in talking to the client, we had to keep telling her that listen. Nobody knows who you are. You know what? You don't have to make this like Laura Ashley uh, house or. Uh, um, you mean like like Home Magazine exactly. cover or Martha Stewart? Martha yeah. Stewart, right, right. right? And you know what? And, and she was like, "Well, you know, people they want these special soaps, or right. they you know, <laughs> and these uh, baskets. You know, they they don't want that. They want." You know, they don't really care about that. The price is important. You're, you're always competing with the hotel. Um, and so, you know, if they've got four people, five people coming in, and they they need a place for a week, well, think about it. They're going to get two rooms at a hotel, and that's at least 300 a night for two rooms. Now, if you're at 250 a night, um, they'd rather have a house with a nice kitchen, and they're They'll pay that one week at two fifty uh, for it, but again, you don't have to over Martha Stewart 
eyes right. this this house. Well, uh, especially if you're if you're trying to start a business like we are, that will be a, a pitfall for you if you're stuck in that Martha Stewart. Everything needs to be you know, super expensive and lavish and stuff like that. I mean, I've stayed at Airbnbs where they are just like that. The Martha Stewart living, the Better Homes and Gardens magazine covers or whatever, but they live at that home. Right. You know, they can, they're getting some gain out of it too. And, and but you know, when you're, yeah. when you're renting homes and you're flipping them and then you're putting them on this kind of market, you really need to actually be careful about thinking like that because economically it could hurt you right so let's say for for uh our people out there who's got that three bedroom one and a half bath uh depending on where you are we're not talking la or new york uh manhattan but you know usually in the middle you know a a cleveland a columbus um an ann arbor you know indianapolis you know kind of the midwest you know even down in florida um if you rented those houses out for the year, you'd probably rent in a three-bedroom for around anywhere from twelve hundred to fifteen hundred a month. Um, now, with an Airbnb, you're not going to get a hundred percent vacancy. You've got labor involved in the cleaning. You got you got costs getting it set up of four to five thousand mm. dollars. So right away, I mean, you've got to have um, you got to look to your you got to make more than twelve fifteen hundred a month. To make this thing viable, yeah. um, so uh, I tell people: Look, at you've got to figure on a seventy-five percent vacancy. You got to figure these additional costs with furnishing. Um, you're going to have to have a very reliable handyman, a very reliable cleaning person, um, and uh, so you know your upfront costs will probably be five grand to get it to get it furnished and furnished nicely, not over the top. Right. Which means um, you better make more than uh, you know twenty thousand for the. I mean, because you're already making fifteen thousand on a one year unfurnished a year, and now you've got to make somewhere at least twenty thousand to make this thing fly. Um, and that is where we get into the pricing, which is in our next episode. We talk about pricing. We talk about marketing. Um, but again, the furnishing is going to be that initial upfront cost. And then we get into the cleaning, which uh, your your group also works with. You get a quick turnaround. Somebody's coming in the next day. It's like a hotel business. Yeah. And, and you have to have a reliable cleaning person. Right, right. So talk about that a little. Well, uh I, I try and opt for being a little more on the careful side when it comes to cleaning because um, you just want to make sure you cover all your bases with a room. So we always try and thoroughly inspect every room and at least give things a wipe down um, just to be on the safe side. But uh, the only yeah. the one thing that we ran into now that we're getting into the uh, you know middle of November here, um, we discovered when the weather started changing in um, uh, late October, we had a couple cold nights. All of a sudden, we realized, wait a minute, the, the heat, the furnace is not working. 
So, <laughs> you know, when that cleaning person comes in, that cleaning person has to be aware of a couple things other than cleaning. Is the furnace right. working? Number one, is there a leaky toilet? Very, very important. Leaky toilet means big water bills. Um, is there windows that were left open? Um, is the fireplace covered? Or is that because a, a fireplace with a damper not closed and a screen or a glass thing over uh, in front of it, that's like having an open window. Um, hmm. Also, um, uh, you know, the cleaning is going to reveal mold, which you got to be careful about. Uh, are we having any leaks in the basement? So your cleaning person has got to be working with somebody else who's going to be doing a, an inspect, a, in, inspection for the handyman stuff yeah, as well as the cleaning. Um, and then, of course, you got to look at resupplying uh, toilet paper. Again, folks, your Airbnb is like you're running your own little hotel. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. You've got more labor. You've got more expense than you're doing a one-year which means your pricing of that Airbnb has got to generate revenues to really make this fly close to 30000 a year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you better be making, instead of 1500 a month, you better be making 3000 a month in terms of your pricing because you're not going to have a couple of, uh, you're not, every day is not going to be, you know, occupied. So uh, just at wrapping this up, on the furnishing and cleaning. Any final thoughts on what you've gone through in the last couple months as you've, you know, with the cleaning and the, the follow-up stuff? Yeah, I think it's just uh, when you get into this kind of business, like I said before, you initially think you have to do it the Martha Stewart super host route, but I've learned that you have to kind of slap your wrist in a way and force yourself not to get too deep into the weeds of, you know, making it a perfectly lavish house. You want to be strategic about what kind of furniture and furnishings you buy, where to invest your capital spending in those categories. And um, at the end of the day, you want to make it as more of a functional house as possible, you know, Right. That's that's all that these people really want. They just want a functioning place to stay and feel comfortable. Right. And it's been our experience as we've gotten more and more into the uh, short-term rental. You know, an Airbnb is not our only um, uh, vehicle for short-term rentals. I mean, people find us on uh, VRBO. They find us on, uh, you know... Craigslist, our own kind of marketing, in-house marketing uh, through Google searches. Um, we deal with uh, construction companies, insurance companies looking for relocation, corporate relocations. So there, there's a wide variety. It's not just Airbnb. We're kind of using Airbnb as a catch-all phrase, like, you know, calling the copier the Xerox. I mean, that's what, right. you know, Airbnb is kind of owning that brand, kind of like Uber. People think about Uber. They don't necessarily think about Lyft. Um, so, but be that as it may, I think one thing we've also, uh, realized is the difference between that person that's there for a year or two versus the, those 15 to 20 people renting. The, the irony of it is, is a lot of times the house actually does not get worn as worn down 
with an Airbnb setup versus the one year. Mm-hmm. Because these people that are running an Airbnb, for the most part, they're pretty professional. Um, you're not dealing with a family coming in with three kids and a dog, two dogs, and then at the end of the one-year, two-year lease, I mean, the place is just a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it versus the professional person who really is looking for a place to sleep. Right. Um, or if they're going to be there, they're only going to be there for a week. Now, I'm not saying everybody that we've rented has been, you know, perfect. Right. But right. Uh, for the most part, they're, they're a lot easier on the house than the conventional one year. So if people are thinking, oh, my God, there's a lot more involved in this than uh, maybe I don't want to do. Maybe I don't want to do Airbnb-style uh, renting. Um, I think on balance, this is a better way to go with your investment property. Um, and then, of course, there's a spill-off because you can then use your own property when you have guests coming in. You know, you got your, the in-laws coming in. You can just say, hey, we'll stay here. Right. Stay at our house. Um, <laughs> I've done that. I mean, just make sure they I want them to do the laundry. When they're done. That's all I ask them to do. Maybe leave a bottle of wine. So, um, okay, well, uh, thanks, Travis. And um, our we're going to do a follow-up. Um, episode on the marketing and pricing side. We'll get down a little bit more down and dirty on the numbers about what we think you should charge in relation to how much the house costs. Great. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. If you haven't already, go back to our first installation of To Airbnb or Not To Be, which features Brooke Riley, foreman at Riley Painting and Contracting, who details all of the work that has to take place before the home can be furnished. All episodes can be found at www.riley-properties.com or find our episodes on streaming services like Spotify, Overcast, and SoundCloud.